Hey Hickory Grove, Pastor Eric here. It is a joy to be with you here this morning, Monday morning, September 21st, the day after Sunday in which we gathered together yesterday to unpack 1 John uh, chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to give a little bit of a sermon recap here on our weekly podcast, Get in the Word. So I'm going to get into the text. Let's read it together. If, um, if you're available to open up your Bible, I encourage you to do so now. If not, that's okay. You might be at work or doing something else. Maybe you're at the gym and you're on the treadmill and there's nothing more than you would like to, than, than you want to listen to than my voice reading the scripture. That is entirely okay. Um, but we will unpack it and read it here verse by verse. So I'm going to read the whole text and then we're going to go through it. So starting in verse 12 of chapter 2 in John's first letter, he writes this, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you. You have overcome the evil one. Verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. We see a contrast here. Okay, so in in the first part of this text, 12 through 14, verses 12 through 14, we see what God gives to his people. We said yesterday there are five things that are outlined in this text. Forgiveness, knowledge of God, overcoming Satan, strength that, over, that, um, strength that comes from God, and then the word of God. And that's compared and contrasted to what we see in verses 15 through 17, which is what the world produces. It's not that you must hate the world, but hate what the world produces. And what does the world produce? Well, look at verse 16. I mean, verse 16 unpacks for us what that truly is. He says, the desires of the flesh. Now, he's talking about a sinful lust for things that we have no business lusting after. Um, uh, These sensual feelings that will um, feed our flesh. So, um, it, it can really distort the good gifts of God. So, just as an example, I used this yesterday, um, sex is a good gift from God. It is something that we produce children, it is something that brings husbands and wives together, but it is often sex that is misused that perpetuates sin and that can gratify the flesh. Now, what do I mean by that? That could mean affairs, that could mean sex outside of a heterosexual marriage, all sorts of things that we see today. Um, You can read more about that in Romans 1. Paul writes about it in in a great way in the second half of Romans 1. Which can also um, lead to gluttony. So our craving for food can overtake um, what God has made good and can really distort it into something that is evil. And he unpacks what desires of the flesh means by, by referencing desires of the eyes. That means something that's, that we partake in, that we see, and pride of life, pride of possessions. That's literally what it's translated in, in some good translations. So pride of life, pride of possessions. So we can lust after or have the sensual desire for the things in this world 
that make us feel good. So we can look at that as like we're prideful in our clothes or our vehicles or our homes. Now, is it bad to take pride in, say, your work? Or there's a good sense of pride and an ungodly sense of pride. An ungodly sense of pride leads to boasting. But taking pride in your work or your home means that you're caring for it. It means that you are cherishing what God has given to you. So a good kind of pride would be such as, you know, thanking God for um, the things that he has given to you in life and taking care of them because he's made you a steward. Um, If you take money as an example, and there's nothing wrong with being wealthy, there is something wrong with hoarding wealth. To the point that you become a um, like Scrooge McDuck, right? You just you you try to hoard as much wealth as possible, and you are anything but generous. You're stingy, but God in the Christian provides wealth so that we can be generous. Now you might be wealthy in the sense of having millions of dollars, or you could be wealthy in only having a few hundred, whatever that might be. But God, if you remember the um, the woman who gave all that she had to the collection plate. And Jesus commended her for that in front of his disciples. It's not about how much you give, but it is the spirit in which you give. It is the spirit in which we steward the things that God has given to us. But the world, what it produces in us instead of a spirit of generosity and stewardship produces the exact opposite. And that's what John is warning against. And what do we have to protect us from it? We have Christ So when we look at the gifts that we have, again, forgiveness, knowledge of God, overcoming Satan, strength, and the word of God, when we look at those things, they guard against this worldliness that John is warning about. So we can look at those things and see that, man, I am forgiven. I know God. I've overcome Satan through Christ. I've been given strength in my weakness. I've been given the word of God. Man, I don't need anything else, right? And, and I look at, and th- I mean, this shows up in all my preaching and teaching, right? I, I believe the Word of God is central to all that we do and say, all that we practice, because the Word of God that reveals to us the forgiveness that we have in Christ, it's the Word of God that reveals the knowledge of God. It's the Word of God that reveals to us and teaches us how we've overcome Satan. It is the Word of God that lets us know the strength that comes by way of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God is central to who we are. The central, the Word of God instructs us, comforts us, encourages us, leads us towards an ever-increasing love for God through the Holy Spirit. So when we are so in, involved in knowing the Word of God, we're so involved in cherishing the forgiveness and knowledge of God that has been given to us, we cherish these things. I mean, it creates in us a spirit that rejects what the world produces which is anything but what God produces. I'm just going to read for you. I mean, I love Psalm 1. And the like the funny thing is is um you know, I I've always been kind of a uh, what do you call it? One of those folks who I never wanted to like what was popular, right? So like I remember in high school whenever there was a popular band, I'd pretend I didn't like that band, right? And then as soon as like a band that I discovered um like, I don't know, through the radio or, or something underground, and all of a sudden they became popular, I kind of, like, rejected them, right? So I've always kind of had that spirit in me. I don't think that's necessarily, maybe that's not a good thing. It's just a quirk that I have. 
But um, so for me to love Psalm 1 so much and it be the first psalm, I mean, it, it's kind of funny. But this is what Psalm 1 writes, and it's, and it's about the Word of God. So Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wind or the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous. The way of the wicked will perish. It's a reminder that as we um, lean into the Word of God, as we study the Word of God, it is like the tree that is planted next to the streams of water. And God applies that Word to our soul, encouraging us in our walk with Christ, teaching us. As we get the Word, maybe we get it through song, it may be like you're sitting there and you go, man, I'm at work all day. I work like 10 hours. Um, I'm, I'm, st- I'm reading things all day. Like, uh, I really don't have time to, or, or, or the energy. Let's not say time, but the energy. And I get that, right? Like, I read all day. I understand, like, when I get home, I don't always want to read. So, like, how, how can I get the word of God in me? Like, I love Jesus. I'm just exhausted when I get home at 6, 7 o'clock. That's okay. Um, that's normal. I don't want you to feel like super guilty. Um, it is good for you to read the Word of God, whether it's in the beginning of the day or the end of the day. It could be a paragraph. It could be a chapter. Um, I would encourage you, just get into the habit of reading even just a little bit, okay? Don't don't break off more than you can chew. Just go a little bit by little bit. But also, if you have the opportunity, there are things out there where you can hear, you can have the Word of God read to you, right? The Dwell app is a great app. It's I, I forget how much it costs. I got it when it first came out, so I got it like at its cheapest point, but I think it's more expensive. Um, and you can get different voices to read you the Word um, at different speeds. It's, it's really cool. Um, and, and there are other things. You can listen to sermons um, throughout your day if, if you have that opportunity. Whatever it might be, there are creative ways that you can um, hear the Word of God. And if you're a mother or a father, you have children, it's important for us to have our kids see us read the Word of God. Even if like you're only reading a paragraph, make sure it's at a time where your kids see you doing it. They'll see that the Word of God is important to you, therefore the Word of God will be important to them. Read your kids the Word of God, even if it's just a paragraph, even if it's just a chapter. The Word of God is alive, it is active, the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God and applies it. It's through the Word of God that we learn that we have the forgiveness of sins. It's how we know God and learn Him. And as this is being produced in us, we realize that all this other stuff that the world produces, it's not going to even have a place in our hearts to take up residence because we're filling up our hearts with God's word. So that's kind of a recap from yesterday. Treasure the good gifts that have been given to you from God. Reject the things of this world that lead you astray. What God gives to you has eternal value. What the world offers to you is going to pass away in the new heavens and the new earth. God bless you. We'll see you soon.